Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. The second one is more of what Superman is today. Did you catch on to the third one, which has to do with my message? What was he, what was he doing? He was asleep. And then all of a sudden, what happened? Say what? Yeah, you heard something. And then he took off. I'm going to tell you now, Lois Lane was in trouble. I don't care where she at. She could be on the other side of the universe and hear, 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 hear her. And, uh, you know, I'm sort of like that. My wife is my Lois Lane. Anytime she, she can sniff her, I'm right there. I'm going to tell you that now. I know she laughs. She know that ain't true. <laughs> but Superman was a made-up character. And he was sent here to help the earthling. He had power, creative powers and stuff. In some way, you are Superman and Superwoman. The Bible says you are born from above. New creation in Christ. And Christ, God put a seed in you where you can able to hear. And he put this treasure in you called the Holy Spirit that changes us. That enables us to walk like, not like normal humans. And we got a treasure. We are created in Christ Jesus with that ability. So even though Superman was a made up character, you are not. You are the real deal. And when you lead somebody to the Lord, when you come up in heaven, God said, these people are going to give you praise and give you honor. You are a hero to them. So... Having said that, and Superman being able to hear, the title of my message is, How Well Do You Hear? How Well Do You Hear? And we're going to touch on that a little bit today. Now, during Jesus' time, this was very, very important to him. During Jesus' time on earth, he would make a phrase like this. He would say, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And we see it. Concerning John the Baptist in Matthew eleven fifteen, he says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now everybody talked to had ears on their head. So Jesus meant a little bit more. In the parable of the soil, Matthew thirteen nine, he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then explaining the parable of the terrorist, he said in Matthew thirteen forty three, he said, Then the righteous shall shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. And then in the letters to the churches of Asia, Jesus concluded with each, each with a similar saying, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the spirit says to the church. He says that in Revelation chapter 2, verse 7. He said in verse 11, verse 17. Verse 29, chapter 3, verse 6, verse 13, 22. So what is the point? It is akin to saying what is being said is very important. So you had better pay attention and listen. It's very important. And a key verse that Jesus spoke about when it comes to hearing is in Mark chapter 4, verse 23 through 22. It says this, if any man has ears to hear, let him hear. And he was saying to them, take care 
what you listen to. I mean, when Pastor Randy was speaking about feeding one way or the other, what you feed is what you're going to get, whether you feed the flesh or the spirit. We're hearing is a great part of that. Jesus goes and say, he said, take care what you listen to. By your standard of measure, it shall be measured to you, and more shall be given you beside. For whoever has, to him shall be more be given, and whoever does not have, even what he has, shall be taken away from him. He said, by your standard of measure, it be measured back to you. By how you hear, whether you're focused or you pay attention, how you hear be measured back to you. This happened time and time again in our lives and the lives of others. So it's important. This illustrates that Jesus had a problem that often existed even today. Many people simply don't listen or don't listen as to understand. And this concerned Jesus. And it also should concern us. So I believe it's appropriate to ask how well do you hear? Now, I'm going to spend the rest of my time in the Gospel of John, chapter 9. And we're going to look at a man who heard well. We're going to look at some people who did not. And then I'm going to conclude with a couple applications and maybe a personal example as well, too. Let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 9. Excuse me. Here we're going to talk about a man who was born blind. And Jesus had run across this person. And in verse 2 of John chapter 9, it says, And his disciple asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that, this, that he will be born blind? And Jesus answered. Now, I believe Jesus' answer was something that I think freed him a little bit. And you'll see why in a minute. And Jesus answered, It was neither that that this man sinned, nor his parents. But it was so that the work of God may be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. I believe this man who did not see Jesus, and I believe he knew about him, but I don't believe he saw him. When Jesus said that, probably brought some healing to him because you know you run to circumstance you wonder some people wonder why this tragedy happened you know what caused and you don't have an answer for it and you probably won't have an answer on this side of heaven and i believe because of what the disciples asked you know who caused this sin he could have thought you know that some other something happened his parents or something but hearing jesus i believe helped him and then in verse six it says when he had said this, talking about Jesus, he spit on the ground and made clay of spittle and applied the clay to his ears, eyes, I'm sorry. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Shalom, which is translated sand. So he went away and washed and come back seeing. Therefore, his neighbors and those who previously saw him as a beggar were saying, is not this the one who used to sit in bed? Others were saying, this is he. Still, others were saying, no, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the one. I am the one. It is me. It is, 
it, it happened to me. I'm the one who was here. That demonstration, that miracle was so outstanding that even the people who knew that's who it was was questioning. And God says, so the working work of God may be uh, demonstrated or displayed. So this blind man heard well. That's the key. He heard well because he couldn't see Jesus. All he could do was hear. And when he heard, he did exactly what Jesus said. He heard well. And as we go through, we're going sh- I'm going to show you how he received more than just a miracle. Hearing well and doing what Jesus said will help us overcome all kinds of demonic activities and stuff that happens in your life. So it's important that we experience God. That's why I love what Minerva said about prayer and stuff like that. I'm going to share some things at the end about that. But how you heard what she said or what anybody said was on TV or what? How you hear and how you measure it determine what you're going to get. Sometimes we'll play video instead of having a person here. And I know a video may not be everything, but we don't do it by accident. We do it after prayer and stuff. How you hear can determine what's going to happen in your life, what is going to be um, given to you. If you hear well, no demon in hell can stop you. If you hear well, then watch as we go through. All right. So the blind man listened well. He heard well. He did what he heard. He got results, a miracle, and he experienced God. That's very important. Verse 10. So they were saying to him, how then were your eyes open? He answered, the man who is called Jesus made clay, anoint my eyes, and said to me, go to Salaam and wash. So I went. I went away and washed, and I received sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I don't know where he's at. All I know is I got healed. I don't know where he's at. Then they decided to bring him to the Pharisees, the man was, who was formerly blind. Verse 14. But now there was a a Sabbath on the day when Jesus made the clay open his eyes. Then the Pharisees also were asking him again how he received sight. And he said to them, he applied clay to my eyes, I wash, and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees were saying this, this is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. But others were saying, how can a man who's a sinner perform such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said to the blind man again, what do you say about him since he opened your eyes? And he said, he's a prophet. Now, he wouldn't have said that at first if he hadn't had that experience. So God now is giving him wisdom because he's going to need to have the wisdom to counteract the things that's going on. So he said, he's a prophet. The Pharisees really got upset with him when he said that. The Jews then did not believe it of him, verse 18, that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the very ones who had received his sight. So he called the blind man's parents and questioned them, saying, Is this your son who you say was born blind? Then how does he now see? His parents answered them and said, we know that this is our son 
and that he was born blind. But how he now see, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. Ask him. He is of age. He would speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone confessed him to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. For this reason, the parents said, he is of age. Ask him. So, what is happening now? They, they, they really didn't need no confirmation, but they asked the parents. And they questioned the parents. Here we see different spirits that's on attack. They attack the blind man, his parents. Spirit of intimidation, fear, unbelief, religion, control, and har- harassment. They were harassing them. And so they questioned him. And yet they knew that that was a genuine miracle. They knew that. But those spirits was controlling those leaders. But they had a chance to hear well too. And they didn't. Let's watch and what's happened. So a second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God, for we know that this man is a sinner. And then he answered, Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. That answer all arguments. When you have an experience, that answer all arguments. That's why when it comes to killing Jesus, they couldn't kill him based on what he did. They had to kill him based on what he said. Once you open your mouth, that's when things really happen. But if you got the experience to back it up, that kills everything. But Jesus said, if you don't believe me for my words, say, believe me for my works. So they had no excuse. Then verse 26. So they said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered them, I told you already. You do not listen. They won't hear him well. Why do you want to hear again? You do not want to become his disciple too, do you? Oh, that was it. That was it. That was it. God has begun now have injected a little bit more wisdom. They have no excuse. They have no excuse. He said, don't you, you want to be a disciple too? You keep asking me, I'm going to keep telling you. You ain't went and got my mom. And you still don't believe. She confirmed it. Then you got me here. What is it that you want? Do you want to be his disciple? He would never been able to do that unless he had an experience. Never. That's why it's so important that you spend time before God. That's why it's so important that you get in the Word. If you do no more, just read the book. Just read it. I'm going to tell you some other things to do. But this is why it's so important. In this day and age, as, as Minerva was talking about the, prophet, uh, the political scenes or whatever, you need to have the heart of God, the mind of God. And you're not going to get it watching TV unless something good on TV and God leads you. I'm not saying God can use anything. Don't ever believe God can't use the TV or anything else. He can do it. But you've got to prepare your heart and mind to receive how well you hear. Your listening is so important. The Bible says faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've got to place yourself in a position where you hear God speak. God is speaking all the time. God wants to get you everything that you want, your desires, your dreams. He wants to answer those questions. But we are hard of hearing at times. So we have to pray. We have to seek God. It's important. He said, do you want to be his disciple too? They were mad then. They're real upset. He probably had one more thing to go before they do something to him. 
They said, verse 28, they reviled him and said, you are his disciple, but we are the disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he's from. Now watch the wisdom of God. The man answered, said to him, well, it's an amazing thing that you do not know where he come from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a God-fearer and does his will, he hears him. And since the beginning of time, it has never been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If you, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. That is a solid truth. He could do nothing if he wasn't for God. Anything that's genuine, I mean a genuine miracle. You know, you got these phonies and stuff like that. Just a side note, I went to a conference one time. It was here in Lynchburg. And when I knew the, the speaker, and I had somebody else go, and he was calling out people and stuff, and pulling people out of wheelchairs and stuff like that. That's why we teach never follow a person because of gifts. You follow them because of God's will. Character supersedes gift. Character, that's so important. Well, anyway, he was pulling people out of wheelchair. And Lord Fox was there. Lord confirmed it. And what he was doing is they had a microphone in the back. And when people come in, he would ask them different questions. Feed that to the people back in the back and feed it to his ear microphone, wherever he had his ear. And he would point that person like, say, Jim, Jim, you had an injury last year and your wife swung at you. You ducked. But you had no. Nah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and he would say these things, and to everybody didn't see it. And you leg, yeah, you can't walk in. And he'd come out there, pull him up, and the man could walk. And he would do those things. And most of the people didn't know it. Lord, to tell you, he was right there. And Lord, once saw it. But I know the guy, and uh, that's terrible. We don't believe in that mess. That's a bunch of garbage. But there is a point where you have to walk by faith in things. Think about it. that man was blind, didn't see Jesus. And allow him to put mud, spit. Can you imagine the disciples, people around? What in the world he's doing? And yet he had enough, he heard well, to walk and do exactly what Jesus said and come back from a miracle. If you're going to walk the way God said, you're going to hear well, you're going to do things that is not natural. It's going to go against your common thinking. That's why it's so important that you get hooked up with the word of God and prayer. You just stay in this world and listen to the garbage in the world, you're going to go the way the world goes. You can't help it. It is impossible. That's why coming to church is so important. When we come to church and we worship and praise God, some of us all together imparts into us. That's why I love Jason. This man comes to church and work all night, which I think is against God's will. But he comes every Sunday. Thank God for his wife. <coughs> because I know she helps him and stuff. Hear me for me. I thank God. He's an example to me. I used to work third shift. <clears throat> and after about three years, I said, God never intended anybody to work third shift. So God bless you, son. <laughs> <coughs> so they jumped on this cage. <clears throat> He said, and he answered, he said, they, verse 34, they answered him, you were born, in t- well, I'm sorry, let me go to verse 32. Since the beginning of time, it has never been heard that anyone who opened 
the eyes of a person born blind. Verse 33, if this man were not from God, he could not do anything or nothing. Verse 34, and they asked him, you were born entirely in sin, and are you teaching us? So they put him out. They got upset. We're going to put that rascal out. That's all right. This is what the blind man received. First, he did not see Jesus, but he heard him. His parents didn't see him or hear him. The leaders, I believe somewhere down the line, they heard of Jesus, but they didn't hear well. Two, he experienced God and got a miracle. His parents didn't experience God, so they didn't get a miracle, nor did the leaders. Three, he heard God's voice and responded correctly. His parents didn't hear God's voice. The leaders heard, but did not respond right. Four, he overcome fear and other spiritual uh, spirits attacking him. His parents succumbed to it because they didn't have the experience. The leaders was led by him because they didn't know. They weren't hearing well. Then verse 35, Jesus heard that they had put him out and found him and said, Do you believe in the Son of God? And he answered, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, you have both seen him, and he is the one who's talking with you. And he said, Lord, I believe and worship him. Not only did he receive his miracle, not only did he receive um, wisdom, not only did he receive the ability to undergo those attacks and to stand strong, but God brought him into the kingdom of God. Don't worry about what they put him out the temple. Now, that was a big deal. That's why his parents succumb to the pressure because that could uh, uh, affect your connections. If you got a business, uh, social connections, and other connections, but particular connection with the temple because that's where you depend on getting your sins forgiven and stuff like that. For them to put him out and then Jesus come and brought him in was the greatest bullseye. That was the target. Got him in. I guarantee he'll walk right from that point on. He ain't worried about all that stuff. He reminded me of Apostle Paul when he told the high priest, I have no use for you or the temple. That is radical change. And that's the way we should be. But it's not going to happen unless you learn how to hear well. (coughs) The religious leader's heart was not right. This caused them not to hear well. We see this in verse 39. (coughs) Excuse me. And Jesus said, for judgment I have come into the world, so that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Verse 40, those of the Pharisees who were with him heard, they heard exactly what he said, these things, and said to him, we are not blind too. That means they were blind. That means their sins will stay with them until they realize they can't see. Once they realize that, Boom, everything is open up to him. <clears throat> so he said, we are not blind too, are we? And Jesus said to them, <clears throat> if you were blind, you would have no sin. But since you say we see, you have sin. So what's the big deal? Here's the big key. Is that hearing well isn't just about information in the mind or in your head. But it's a matter of the heart. How do you thank you? How do you 
How well do you hear is determined by the condition of one's heart. That is the big key. I will close with a personal example and uh, give you a couple applications. As I told you, and y'all know I was in the Marine Corps. When I went into basic training, in the Marine Corps, basic training is only three months. I chose to go to a unit. We, I call it now fat body uh, platoon because I want to lose some weight and get physical fit, even though I was already that way because I played all sports in high school, track, football, basketball, all through high school. That hill side, I guess it's on Lakeside, ride the big hill, easy glass. If you look good enough, you'll see my footprints all up and down that hill <laughs> where, that, where my coach were. Kill us on that hill. I hated that hill. But now when I had to go in the Marine Corps, it was during Vietnam time, and I was on the draft. And I tried my best to get out of it. And I called the draft people, and I said, can you help me get out, please? I'm trying to go to school. I'm trying to play semi-pro. Pro football was my thing. Man, I, I want to kill people. That's where, I mean, I didn't chew it. Uh, football. And uh, I called the draft board. They said, what's your number? I said, something like 100, 105. She said, baby, you might as well say you in. There's no way you can get you, get you out. And there was no way. It probably was, you know, if I had a lot of money or something like that, could have. But it didn't. So I had to go in. And so I chose the Marine Corps. And I look back now, I know that was by divine appointment that God chose the Marine Corps. I love them dress blue. Oh, them guys shot. And... When I went in, I decided to go to this fat body platoon. Want to lose some more weight. Get in shape. What I did not know, that every day I was in that unit, that unit I still had to go through three months of basic training. And from the first time I heard it, I cried every day. I said, God, why did I make that mistake? Because every morning we exercised all day long, ran obstacle course all day. That's all we did. By the time I got in regular basic training, man, I was like Superman. I can spit bullets. I'm telling you, no exercise. Run three miles, four miles, ten miles. Didn't matter. I could do it. And uh, <clears throat> so I got in that unit, and I was, uh, another thing that shocked me is that these drill instructors, you know, I was in the street, and we used to curse and stuff like that and say bad things. But these men had things come out of their mouth I didn't know exist. I said, dang, God, these people are crazy. So by the time I got into regular training, which was three phase, phase one, phase two, phase three. By the time I got into phase three, church was sanity to me. I wanted to go to church. See, my heart had been shaping down to the point that when the chapel preached about Jesus Christ, I heard it for the first time in my life. And I heard the gospel beforehand, but my heart was right. And I told him. If this Jesus for real, I want him in my life. This is what I said in my head as I reasoned with the Holy Spirit. And I came forward and I said that to God. If he for real, I want him in my life. Because if I don't, I know where first I said, if I don't go up and make that decision, and it's true, I've lost everything. But if it's not true, the devil got me now. I ain't lost nothing. So I went up and I told God, if this Jesus for real, I want him in my life. From that point on, I became the best man out of 60, six, close to 60, 80 men. I got the Dress Blue Award. First try, I got watch. 
I was rated outstanding. And I know it's by the grace of God because I know it wasn't by the grace of God. I got cured from rheumatoid arthritis. As a young child, I had to hold up on crutches at times. There was no cure. I had to get a shot in my hip. It moved from my shoulder, knee, and ankle. <clears throat> Not only did I get promotion, I got God's favor between people who some were racist, captains that I had, I can't had no control over, that they were going to send me to some, excuse the term, turret unit that I should not go. And I asked God, I said, God, and I called God, please help me. And this man shouldn't do it. He knew I was trying to get, what, the unit I was trying to go as the embassy duty. That's one of the most outstanding duty you can get in the Marine Corps. And I remember going to the office and the captain said, Dawson, you're supposed to be in Okinawa. Okinawa? I don't want to be in Okinawa. So I went home, and all I did, walking from the hallway to his office, I said, Jesus. Boy, he picked up the phone, said, Dawson, your orders are here. Let me call. He called, and the place he had to call was about 30 or 60 miles away. It's Dawson's orders ready. He slammed the phone, get out of here. I don't know what was said, but I ain't getting no orders. I ended up going to embassy duty, and God gave me favor. So not only did God heal me, gave me favor, he blessed me and convert me and helped me to become his son. That was the greatest thing of it all. Amen? Yeah, give the Lord a hand. Give the Lord a hand. All because I heard well. And not because of something that I fancily did. God worked it in my heart. Because I heard the gospel before him, but for some reason it, it happened then. So, application to this lesson. Very simple. You should be already doing it. But I'm going to share it. Because I'm going to have a part of part one or part two of this message. And part, the next time I do it, when I get into the application part, I'm going to give you a little bit more that's going to be real juicy and good. You don't want to miss this. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it. <clears throat> and I love Superman. But the first application is read the word. It's important. Read it. I'm not saying study. You should study. I'm not saying have a devotion study. Just read it. Read it. Read it. Read it. You should be already doing it at least five days a week. You may not do it seven days a week, but read it. Have a time where you systematically read the Word because that's the beginning of hearing God's voice for a lot of people, not everybody. Some people hear God's voice through their experience and things happen in God's book. That's what God did for me. But read it. That's a simple one. It's not hard to do. Read it. Like I say, most of you should be already doing it. The next thing is prayer. I'm going to tell you prayer a different way. 2004, I read a book by Jack Deere, The Gift of Prophecy. And this stood out to me. He said, always remember to pray more for the purification of your character or your heart than for the perfecting of your gift. That really stood out to me. So the kind of prayer I'm talking about, ask God to purify your heart because hearing God is a matter of your heart. Hearing God and having a relationship with Jesus Jesus, is a, is, it, that's what it is. Your relationship is a relationship. It's just not like some of these other religions, you know, your rules and stuff. It is a love relationship that God is in love with you, madly in love with you. He wants to see you succeed. Whatever you're going through now, he wants victory for you. That's why he died. That's why he died on the cross. He loved us so much that God sent his only begotten son so that we can have a chance to become his sons and daughters. Okay? Now, like I said, next time I get into this message, I'm going to have a little bit more application. It's going to be fantastic. Say, it's going to be fantastic. 
Amen. See, y'all hearing well. This is just the beginning. A Superman uh, theme. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy, Lord. Father, I thank you that Jesus Christ came and died, Father. And I had a chance to say, yes, this side of heaven. I thank you, Father, that we as a body had a chance to say, yes, Lord. I thank you, Father. Thank you that most of us in here heard well that call. And I thank you, Father. If there's anybody here who have not, I pray now that you will not leave here today. Not leave here today without giving your life to Christ. I pray that you will see the value of Jesus Christ and what he can bring to your life. Then I pray for those who already have, Lord. I pray that you will help them to sharpen their skills to hear, to read the word of God, study it, to uh, apply it to their lives. Like the blind man, help us, Lord. We all need to hear well, Father, so that we can walk by faith and not by sight, so we can walk according to the Spirit. So, Father, I pray blessing upon your people today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.